thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host. They are the ones in the captain's seat behind the wheel of this ship and they are steering us through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life so welcome glad to have you all here don't forget to share the podcast far and wide to those friends and family members co-workers even um, again only if you like the podcast you know put it on social media you can put it in an email you can copy it copy the link put it in a text it'll show up as a nice little link um with a thumbnail, possibly, depending on the phone you have. Actually, both phones should do it, iPhone and Androids. But anyway, yeah, just paste it, copy it, paste it. And if nothing else, if that's just too much for you, just, you know, share the website, www.hisheartline.com. It is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. At least that's what it is here on the west side of Michigan. And I ask for all your prayers today because today we have a funeral for my wife's grandmother. And so I know that'll be a tough day for her and her family as well. So if you would be so kind, if you can just uh, send some prayers our direction uh, for my wife and her family. And so today we're going to be reading in the book of Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 32. And the reason I picked this this morning is because I read something on True Social. It was an article uh, from The Pillar. And um, we're going to get into that in, in a minute. But, um, well, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in f- for a minute. So what I'm going to read, we're just going to get dive right into it real quick. Now, what I'm going to read is, um, and, and I, sometimes I bounce back and forth from my typical Bible I, I like to read out of, which is the NABRE, which has uh, the 73 books because there's seven extra books in there, the Apocrypha books that are missing from the Protestant Bible. So I am very partial to that one. Um, I like reading the Apocrypha books. I don't care what any other religion, quote unquote, says. Yes, I, you know, grew up Catholic, but at the end of the day, you know, I like those books, Catholic or not Catholic, because they're really good writings. And there's a lot of good wisdom in those books that I think a lot of people really should, should really read, to be quite honest with you. Um, I mean, it's not really a Catholic thing. It's actually a Hebrews thing. Um, that those were writings from, you know, scrolls. If I recall correctly, if I read properly, those were, you know, found with, you know, within the Hebrew books as well. So, but what we're going to be reading those, uh, the book of Romans, and we're going to talk about the, but today what I'm reading out of is the, uh, NASB 95 edition out of the, uh, I have what's called the founder's Bible. Um, not the one that, some of us think in the assembly because there's an actual founder's Bible, which is actually the 1599 Geneva Bible. But this one's actually just kind of a, they, they call it the um, founder's Bible because they have a lot of history intertwined into the scriptures here. Um, it's, um, it's one of the authors and editors, I should say, not authors, but it would be Brad Cummings. Um, it's a very good book here. Uh, and what I have is a very beautiful leather bound book. It's a, a hair, an heirloom edition. But anyway, so I like reading out of that once in a while because there's some good stuff in there. So what we're going to be reading though is starting with verse 18 and we're talking about the unbelief 
and its consequences, and it reads, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image, for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which was unnatural. In the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a deprived mind, depraved mind, to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. And so that is verses 18 through 32 out of chapters Roman 1. Now, what I wanted to read here is something interesting that I kind of caught this morning. And it was on Truth Social. It was from an article called, uh, from a place called The Pillar. Now, let me just read this real quick. So it's an article and it says, Lay reflection raises doctrinal liturgical questions in Chicago archdiocese. Now, keep in mind, all right, before I start getting attacked by people, because I know I have, I have a lot of family that are Catholics, all right, and they're good people, all right? They're good people. I was raised Catholic, but you know, nowadays I'm not so sure about really any religion. It's not just the Catholic faith. What I am sure of is this, that Christ is King and through Christ is how we bridge our way to father in heaven, right? The true heavenly father, the good heavenly father, not the father that Satan and Lucifer follow, but the, 
the loving, almighty, divine creator that created all things good. And so before I start getting people telling me, well, first off, you're bigoted for even talking about this. And that's, you know, because I have people that I know, and I think we have a few people in our family that, you know, they have, well, I'm just going to say what it, what it is. They're gay. All right. Or lesbians, whatever. Right. I'm not going to shy away from this message. Why? Because again, I wouldn't be doing my work for God. I would not be a truthful man if I didn't speak on this because this is kind of terrible what I'm reading right here. Um, because again, it's, it's, it's repeated throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures about how really having unnatural relations with one another, these unnatural vices, they're an abomination to the Lord. They're there. It's an abomination bottom line. And even if you read, I forgot exactly what verse, but in the book of Leviticus, you put on clothes of that of the opposite sex of you. If, you. if you're a man putting on women's clothes, that also is looked at as an abomination. But yeah, here we are in all these public schools nationwide bringing drag queens in for drag queen story hour and trying to tell these kids it's okay to be a drag queen. It's okay, Johnny. It's okay, Susie, to wear clothes of that of the opposite sex, but especially for little boys. They want to turn little boys into little girls. Why? Why? Well, anyway, but I'm going to deflect. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I digress from that for a minute, but back to this article though, in the pillar, the article title says lay reflection raises doctrinal liturgical questions in Chicago archdiocese. And again, I'm just going to say this. Okay. I'm not reading this to attack any one religion. Okay. Cause like I said, I'm, I grew up Catholic and I still hold specific Catholic values that I actually in my heart and soul that I think are really awesome. Okay. Like, I love the rosary, love praying the rosary. There's a lot of Protestants out there or Christian reformers that think that Catholics, we, we you know, we praise and, 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 and worship the ground Mary walks on. No, that's not how that works. We, we pray to her for, like, intercessions, like you would pray to a friend, right, for intercessions. But, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, it's not really a debate I'm looking to get into. But what I am saying, though, is, you know, with what I'm seeing from the Vatican level on down, I'm telling you, I'm seeing some things that really just don't jive well with me. And as, as a Catholic, it makes me very disappointed to see what's going on here. So here's what the article reads, though. As the Archdiocese of Chicago calls for a liturgical orthodoxy in its implementation of traditional custodes, at least one parish has permitted lay people to give a homiletic reflection. Despite the church's requirements that a homily be given at a Sunday mass at that and that homilies can be preached only by ordained ministers. That is right. Now, the Archdiocese of Chicago declined to comment on liturgical and doctrinal questions concerning the June 19th Mass at Chicago's old St. Patrick's Church, which, by the way, I'm looking at a, at a picture of it. It's a beautiful-looking church. But you know what I'm not seeing here? Actually, now that I'm kind of zooming in, side note, I don't see any depiction of uh, well there is a depiction of christ here hold on i maybe is that no it looks like a pope that doesn't even look like christ yeah you know they they this is nuts see they got mary with i believe what appears to be baby jesus on like a big giant statue off to the left i believe joseph off to the right but like as i try to zoom in it looks like somebody with like a uh 
some of the big hats, like a statue. It definitely doesn't look like Jesus. And see, I have a problem with this. See, these are not churches that are Christ-centered, in my opinion. When I see this, this really bothers me. We're supposed to be following Christ, not 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 institutions made by man. And uh, quite honestly, that's what these religions are. And yes, I will even say the Catholic faith. These are religions that have been made and instituted by man. At the end of the day, I'm going to follow Christ first and God first. I'm not going to follow institutions of man. Yes, I know, you know, it just, but, but Jason, but that, but they follow Christ. But no, not all religions follow exactly the same thing. And I've always wanted this as a kid. If God is the same and Christ is the same, why do we have all these different religions? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because they want to create division and mass confusion. Satan is very good at that. And I'm on to that bullcrap. The article continues to read, instead of a homily after the gospel, the, to, the celebrant invited two men to the ambo, which is basically the stage with stairs on each side of them, to offer a Father's Day gospel reflection, which the priest said was a custom in the parish. I don't care what a custom is, what, what the customs are. <clears throat> if we're talking about strict, you know, rules for how a mass is conducted within the Catholic cathedral, you don't invite lay people to do a homily. That's only for ordained ministers, pastors, deacons, whatever to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. The two men identified as Alex, I'm not I'm gonna leave the last names out, Alex and Landon, described as quote unquote miracles, their same sex civil marriage and the adoption of two daughters, comparing those moments to the multiplication of loaves and fishes in the gospel reading. This week, in a quote, this week Chicago is celebrating pride, and today is Father's Day, and conveniently we tick both of those boxes, one of the men said, to laughter from the congregation. Continuing the quote, let's be honest, there are probably not too many guy daddy, gay daddy, dads speaking on Father's Day at many Catholic churches on the planet today, end quote. Now, canon law stipulates that a homily is reserved to a priest or a deacon and must be given at all masses on Sundays and holy days of obligation, which are celebrated with a congregation. Now, while the parish did not refer to the men's reflection as a homily, it came after the gospel reading when the homily usually takes place and immediately ahead of the blessing for the fathers and then the recitation of the creed. During their reflection, the men said that they had felt unwelcomed at the Catholic churches over the years, but were impressed by St. Patrick's message of radical inclusivity, in quotes. They recalled attending an LGBT meeting when they first came to the parish, at which they recalled a priest saying that while other Catholic churches and their leaders may be tone deaf, old St. Pat's has figured it out. Yeah, I'm sure they figured it out. He figured out a way to the fast track to hell. Today, we had the gospel where Jesus fed the masses from five loaves and two fish is clearly a miracle, something that is unexplainable, unexpected, and truly marvelous, where something that started small became a huge blessing. He continues to say, this is one of the gay fathers, he continues to say, in quote, well, our journey to fatherhood has been marked by a series of events that started small but became huge blessings. And while they may not meet the strict definitions of miracles, which they don't, meaning no one will be gaining sainthood here today. They are unexplainable, unexpected, and truly marvelous nonetheless, end quote. The men said that they discussed wanting children of, on their first date in 2004. <laughs> and of course, you, you, 
I, whatever. The first miracle, in quote, the first miracle of our story came in 2007 when gay marriage, which was then called civil union, became legal in the United Kingdom, which is where I'm from. They decided, or excuse me, they described their adoption of two baby girls as additional miracles, which that part I will agree with. Look, little babies are miracles. Continuing, given that they took place at a time when many states did not allow same-sex couples to adopt, which, yeah, that shouldn't be because at the end of the day, God made the perfect family. This is Jason Jones speaking, not the article. When God made the perfect family, you were supposed to have a man, a woman, which had its purposes and functions, and then the children follow that man and woman. Not man and man or woman and woman. Sorry, that's not how that works because that's how you're going to end up having uh, dysfunctional people in society on one level or another and you could disagree with me all you want on that i'm not going to sit here and debate with you on that because at the end of the day what i believe is what i believe and you know what that's fine what you believe is what you believe what you believe is between you and god okay i'm not here to pass judgment and i'm not here to have a debate here like we're in uh, you know a high school debate class but here's what i'm going to say the fact that this church, I'm not even going to read the rest of this because it's this just stupid. The fact that the church, you know, that they did this at the church is just really, quite frankly, disgusting. And if I recall correctly, I think it was like a year or two ago when I was reading something where they even had one of these Catholic churches. I think they allowed a drag queen to come in to, again, do, I think it was like a story hour or something like that. I cannot remember exactly the, the story, but it was something to this degree. And I, I believe it was at this church, too, or at least one of the churches in Chicago, because I remember it was a Catholic church in Chicago. This is ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the thing. Back to like what we were just reading, though, in Romans, okay? They professed to be wise, but yet they became fools, okay? That was verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became fools. That's first off what I'm reading in this article. They're professing to be wise, claiming miracles, and, and how this church is the first one to have radical inclusivity. No, you're a fool. And then continuing on, and exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. And so for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Well, who's the creature? Well, the creature, you know, again, four-footed animals. This is why Baphomet, when you look at Baphomet, looks so ugly and disgusting with some half man, half goat, half whatever, with these long, stupid horns. I mean, it really, quite frankly, looks like a, a Halloween costume, this Baphomet. Okay, and yeah, I am going to mock it because it is Satan's, like, bullcrap. It's, it's disgusting. It's terrible to see, you know. But the, they, that's why these people, they, they, they worship the creature. The creature... You might as well call it for what it is, Satan's little demon whores. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from that. And so, like as I read this, this article from the pillar, I was like, this is disgusting. And you know what? This is why I'm starting to shy away from the Catholic Church. And I had this conversation with my priest when we had him over. And my priest, let me tell you something first off, okay? I I have not been to the Catholic Church in quite some time. We invited him over for dinner. He's about our age. He's actually a little older than us. I think he's like 38, 39-ish. We're 35, 36. 
And we we invite him over periodically. Heck, we'll, we'll have him at my, you know, we'll invite him at my in-laws cottage. I mean, he's actually a really cool guy, Father Chuck. I'm not going to give his last name out for anonymity purposes, but he's an awesome guy. Very awesome priest. But, but here's the thing. I'm still trying to get him figured out because, you know, we'll, we'll joke around. We'll have good, din- you know, we'll have good conversation, stuff like this. But I had asked him some very serious, hard questions, which I'll maybe get into in a different, you know, uh, conversation, different, you know, show. Because I want to try to keep this fairly brief so I can move on to the next show that I got to do before we attend my wife's grandmother's funeral. But I had asked him some very serious questions, some hard questions, some questions he actually legitimately didn't really have knowledge of or really had any understanding of. Stuff that actually came back, you know, came from the Vatican back in 1213, for example, like the Treaty of Verona. He had no idea what I was talking about when I was discussing that, which basically the Vatican claimed all souls in all land of the world. Okay, but that's a different topic for a different day. But at the end of the day, I'm shying away from the church. And he asked me, He and I knew the question was going to come up. He asked me, well, I noticed, you know, you, you really haven't been coming. I said, yeah, there's a good reason for that. And let me tell you one of the big reasons. First off, I had been digging in my Bible because ever since COVID-2020, we're just going to call it (laughs) COVID-2020. But since COVID-2020, you know, when we were all locked down in our houses before any of us really knew what the heck was going on. You know, I'll be honest with you guys. I drank a lot, as I think the rest of America did, because we didn't know what the hell was going on. And we had nothing else better to do. Well, let me tell you what. A lot of my heavy drinking turned into a lot of being a bad husband. Me and my wife argued a lot. It was just a terribly toxic relationship that we had within our marriage and within our home, and it was not good. But once I started realizing what was going on and realized that if I didn't change my ways and I was going to lose my family forever, I knew that Jesus had to be the one that had to reconstruct my life and and, and basically make new what was old within me and basically killed the old me. And so I started digging in the scriptures. I'm making a point here. So what ended up happening is I started digging deeper and deeper in the word of God, reading every day, which is why I call this show 1% or less with him, because I spent at least 15 to 20 minutes a day reading scripture and then spending some time in prayer, asking Christ to fix me, to help me take me out of my old ways, to bring me into a new renewed, new living Jason. And that's exactly what he did. And then that is ultimately one of the biggest reasons why this 1% or less with him show has been inspired because I am a living testament to that. And God's still working on me. Christ is still working. I mean, it's not a one and done. <laughs> I mean, I know God can work miracles, but mm, there's a lot he needs to work on on me yet. <laughs> but here's the thing. So I told my priest this. And I said, I get my heart. My heart's more fulfilled. Oh. Let's see here. Are you, let's see. Hold on one second, folks. My... Uh, Apparently my, let's see if this is still recording. Um, I had a surge in my power and it made everything blink. Can you guys still hear me, Tara? Whoever is, can you chime in on the chat? See if you can still hear me. Okay, perfect. Okay, see, this is why I do lap. Okay, this is why I, okay, perfect. Thank you for that. This is exactly why, because I've had this happen before. I have done my podcast on a laptop, so it has a separate battery source. And then I put my, uh, what do you call it? I put my uh, signal, I take it off the Wi-Fi because right now my Wi-Fi is down. And I put my, I I stream, 
I stream from my, uh, my, what do you call it? My internet source for my phone, just for this very reason. I'm wondering what happened. That was crazy. Like all the power in my house just blipped out. But anyway, um, yeah, see that there it is right there. Satan does not want me talking, but see, he doesn't know what my plan was. He didn't realize (laughs) that, you know, I have a certain way to set this up so that, um, nothing happens. So anyway, continuing the show, here's the end result. As I was talking with my priest, I told him, I said, my heart gets more fulfilled when I read the Bible over when I go to your church. I said, look, it's nothing with you. It's nothing with your homily. It's nothing that you're doing. But I'm just going to sit here and tell you that my heart doesn't fulfill, feel fulfilled when I sit in church. I don't get filled up in my heart and soul. Now, my wife, on the contrary, she does. And that's fine. She doesn't dig into the Bible on a daily basis like I do. She reads her Bible, but not on a daily basis strictly like I do. All right. And that doesn't, by the way, I'm not saying that to be pompous or to elevate myself as better. That's not what I'm getting at. It's just, you know, because she's a stay at home mom. She's a homeschool teacher. She's got a lot she's got to do. But at the end of the day, my heart gets fulfilled out of reading the Bible. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I feel, what I know works. And this is how I've been getting closer to Christ. And I told him this. And, 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 and quite honestly, it was surprising. He said to me, he goes, you know, Jason, he goes, I hope one day you come back to the church. He goes, however, never quit asking questions. Always keep digging in. Always keep finding answers and keep seeking the truth. He goes, and I hope one day you end up coming back. But I'm, I'm glad and I'm so happy that you are coming closer and closer to Christ by doing this. And quite frankly, I was very shocked to hear him say that. Now, his bosses may be pretty mad at him <laughs> for saying that but you know what that's how i know i have a good priest which is the only reason he's the only reason why i kind of hang on to a few threads of the catholic faith because he was genuine when he said that to me and i was very appreciative of that because he wasn't pushy and he wasn't trying to shame me or anything like that well like you're gonna go to hell it wasn't any of that which i thought was great so anyway but that's pretty much you know, the one percent or less with him, you know, like I said, we read out of book of Romans. I read that, that, um, the, you know, that, that article out of the pillar. And it's just the fact that that church in Chicago allowed that is ridiculous. I mean, it, it really is in any church for that matter, not just that Catholic church, any church, because again, the Bible is very explicitly, um, clear on all of that, that having unnatural relations with one another of the same sex is an abomination. So anyway, and I'm not saying that we're judging these people and I'm not saying that they should be kicked out of the church. But what I am saying is they need to turn to God and Christ and, you know, try to do their best to turn to a righteous way, I guess, if you will. I don't know. I mean, you hear so many people say, well, they were born that way. I'm like, well, I find that hard to believe. I find that extremely hard to believe. I find it extremely difficult to comprehend the fact that people are born that way when God, I mean, because if people were born that way, I mean, granted, yeah, we've had that all throughout history, even predating Christ. You've always had the unnatural relations, right? I mean, Rome, I mean, that was a big one. But, you know, at the same time, though, we've always had Satan existing in the world as well. And it's that Satan taking God's perfect design and inverting it on its head and bastardizing it. So, anyway, that's all I got for the day, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to end this in a prayer. So, 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day. Thank you for your wisdom in the book and just appreciate all that you do. And I do want to say on behalf of, well, really all, all of America, but anybody that's out there that, you know, Tenzi churches that try to make their congregation stumble, that try to make them, you know, um, just really lead people down a dark way because we know that the enemy uses your name in vain and uses your son's name in vain and uses it in such a degree to mislead people, to misguide people, to deceive. And we just pray that anyone who listens to this, they, well, they, they, they have enough discernment to, um, to, to figure out what is good and what is bad and who, who to follow and who not to follow. So just give everybody that discernment. Give everybody that light that they can follow. Uh, be that light in the darkness, which we know you are. Uh, so that we can, you know, figure out, you know, what is bad and what is good. So um, overall, Father, we thank you, though, for another day of life and good health. Thank you for our marriages. Thank you for our precious children. We pray for the unborn. We pray that more people turn away from abortion and we get more children born in the world because we need more good men and women. And it's like often it feels like often times this is why they want to do abortion because they know that the more babies that are born the more good people that we're going to have in the world that's going to outnumber their little demon family members if you will and so we just pray that we can get abortion out of the picture once and for all and we can get well we can just be fruitful multiply as you say so we pray all this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen and i will be back in a couple minutes to do a uh, his hardline quick look uh, excuse me not a quick look a his hardline discussion something that piggybacks off of uh, yesterday's quick look topic that i did uh, so i hope to see you on the other side and until then or the next time we will be back and you all have a blessed blessed day thank you Thank you again for joining us here at His Heart Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.hisheartline.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Have a blessed day.